Section 61 of Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. Beguma of the White Skin. Chapter 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joan Windle, Hampshire, Illinois. Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. Chapter 1. There are more worlds than one and in many ways they are unlike each other. But joy and sorrow, or in other words, good and evil, are not absent in their degree from any of the worlds, for wherever there is life there is action, and action is but the expression of one or other of these qualities. After this earth there is the world of the she, beyond it again lies the many-coloured land. Next comes the land of wonder, and after that the land of promise wait, awaits us. You will cross clay to get into the she. You will cross water to attain the many-colored land. Fire must be passed ere the land of wonder is attained, but we do not know what will be crossed for the fourth world. This adventure of Khan the hundred fighter and his son Art was by the way of water, and therefore he was more advanced in magic than Finn was, all of whose adventures were by the path of clay and into fairy only, but Khan was the High King, and so the Arch-Magician of Ireland. A council had been called in the many-colored land to discuss the case of a lady named Bekuma Kneeskal, that is, Bekuma of the White Skin, the daughter of Owen Inver. It seems, then, that there is marriage in the other two spheres. In the she, matrimony is recorded as being parallel in every respect with earth marriage, and the desire which urges to it seems to be as violent and inconstant as it is with us. But in the many-colored land, marriage is but a contemplation of beauty, a brooding and meditation, wherein all grosser desire is unknown, and children are born to sinless parents. In the she, the crime of Bekuma would have been lightly considered, and would have received none or but a nominal punishment. But in the second world a horrid gravity attaches to such a lapse, and the retribution meted is implacable and grim. It may be dissolution by fire, and that can note a destruction too final for the mind to contemplate. Or it may be banishment from that sphere to a lower and worse one. This was the fate of Bekuma of the White Skin. One may wonder how, having attained to that sphere, she could have carried with her so strong a memory of the earth. It is certain that she was not a fit person to exist in the many-colored land, and it is to be feared that she was organized too grossly even for life in the she. She was an earth woman, and she was banished to the earth. Word was sent to the she's of Ireland that this lady should not be permitted to enter any of them, from which it would seem that the ordinances of the she come from the higher world, and it might follow that the conduct of earth lies in the she. In that way the gates of her own world and the innumerable doors of fairy being closed against her, Bekuma was forced to appear in the world of men. It is pleasant, however, notwithstanding her terrible crime and her woeful punishment, to think how courageous she was. When she was told her sentence, nay, her doom, she made no outcry, nor did she waste any time in sorrow. She went home and put on her nicest clothes. 
She wore a red satin smock, and over this a cloak of green silk, out of which long fringes of gold swung and sparkled, and she had light sandals of white bronze on her thin, shapely feet. She had long, soft hair that was yellow as gold, and soft as the curling foam of the sea. Her eyes were wide and clear as water, and were gray as a dove's breast. Her teeth were white as snow, and of an evenness to marvel at. Her lips were thin and beautifully curved, red lips in truth, red as winter berries and tempting as the fruits of summer. The people who superintended her departure said mournfully that when she was gone there would be no more beauty left in their world. She stepped into a coracle. It was pushed on the enchanted waters, and it went forward, world within world, until land appeared, and her boat swung in low tide against a rock. So far for her. End of chapter 1 Recording by Joan Wendell, Hampshire, Illinois